Welcome to the One Question Podcast from O'Brien Governance Design. I'm Will Francis, and in each episode, I'll be asking Trish O'Brien a different question about corporate governance. Trish is a consultant with two decades of senior public and private sector experience. Her company provides governance consultancy for government departments, regulatory bodies, and charities of all sizes. She also conducts research in governance and completed a doctorate in this area. This episode, the question is, as a secretary to a public sector board, how can I prepare myself and my board for an external evaluation under the code of practice for the governance of state bodies? Hi, Trish. Hi, Will. How are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. Um, So before we get into the detail of board evaluations, can you say something on what corporate governance is about? It's about accountability. It's about transparency. It's about financial honesty. um, And it also focuses on ensuring that organizations are sustainable. So they're, they're going to exist into the future. So corporate governance isn't just a checklist of things to do. Well, I mean, you can approach it as a checklist. Uh, you, you could just ensure, I suppose, that everything that's required is in place, like, you know, that you've got a corporate plan, that you've got financial policies and procedures, that you've got your risk management frameworks and your committee terms of reference. And, uh, you know, you can have all of these things without necessarily trying to connect them up. But but I think um, I think to do that is to treat corporate governance as if it's something running in parallel with the business of the organization. So to me, um, Effective corporate governance is is really about making those connections, joining up information, asking the right questions uh, and making sure not only that decisions are being made, but that the source of those decisions is clear to parties inside and outside the organisation. So in terms of board evaluations, what role are they playing in good corporate governance practice today? Well, we do a, a lot of work with the public sector in Ireland, and that's that's our experience. That's where we came from originally. And public sector organisations, they're generally established through legislation. Um, they're overseen by boards that are made up of people external to the organisation. And a public sector board has has really significant and growing responsibilities. So they, they have to make sure that they're working within the legislation that established them which is one side of their their work. And then they also have a a lot of corporate governance responsibilities. So they work with the executive of the organization, the the CEO and the staff, and they decide what areas of responsibility they want to delegate to staff, what areas they want to continue to oversee directly. And, And either way, they remain responsible for the organization and for its governance. So on the corporate governance side of things, the board's responsibilities have been set out by the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, and it's in a document called the Code of Practice for the Governance of State Bodies. That was published in 2016 um, and is more detailed and comprehensive than any of the guidance that would have gone before. So one of the requirements in the code is that a board should conduct an internal evaluation of itself and of its committees every year, and that's to see how well it's working and to check that it's aligned with the Code of Practice. And also that it should be externally evaluated every three years. Okay, so can you give us a sense of what's in the code of practice? So the code addresses nine sections, um, and that includes things like the role of the board, the chairperson and the board members. And each section has principles and it has what they call these code provisions. So if I just give you one short example of, of how the code is structured. Under the there's a section called role of the board. And under that, there's a principle that says uh, the principle relates to the division of responsibility. And the principle is that there should be a clear separation between those who are responsible for leading the organization, 
which is the board, and those who are managing the organization. That's the staff led by the, the CEO. So this is purpose is to ensure that there's a separation of duties and that no person has control over both aspects of, of the organization. So that's the principle in that particular section of the code. And then, and then the code provides more detail about how to ensure that division of responsibility. And it says that in, in most cases, the chairperson and the CEO shouldn't be the same person and their individual responsibilities should be established, set out in writing and agreed by the board. So the code goes through a number of areas of relevance to how boards work uh, and explains how a given area should be treated in a public sector organisation by identifying principles and attaching co-provisions to those principles. Is that right? Exactly. And it's against these principles and provisions that a board is evaluating itself against. And it does that on, on a yearly basis and uh, against which an external evaluation is required to be conducted every three years. So we're looking at those principles and provisions Boards look at it themselves on an annual basis, and then the external evaluation uh, is looking at the same thing, but from a different perspective. Okay, so within a public sector organisation, who there is responsible for making sure that the code is actually being implemented? Well, ultimately, it's the board itself. Uh, the board's responsible, but they're very reliant on good corporate governance advice and guidance from the organisation itself. And, and primarily, that's going to come from the secretary to the board. So the code obviously requires that an external evaluation of the board is done, but what are the advantages of that to the public body? Well, we think that one important advantage of an external board evaluation is that it's objective, uh, and that's that's what you get from uh, the external aspect of it. And you know, if we put that into um, clear terms, I suppose it. It reviews and reinforces the board's own evaluation. So the board has been doing these uh, self-evaluations every year. When you have somebody coming in and doing an external evaluation, it's 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 really reinforcing and reconfirming or otherwise um, how the board has been seeing itself. It also, when you're doing an external evaluation, you're you're looking at their governance systems and documentation uh, that the, those systems and that are supporting the board and its committees. And you're confirming that that's comprehensive. So there's a little bit of a gap analysis going on, which which the organization can benefit from. It also identifies themes arising. Um, so, you know, we look for board and committee members' opinions on what, what's working well and what needs to be um, enhanced. And, and we can we can see themes. And sometimes, again, as an external party, um, that's easier to do. And then at the end of the process, it results in recommendations for improvements um, for the board and its committee. So it gives it a, a plan uh, in terms of uh, the next stage of its development. But while it is an objective exercise, and we think that's really important, um, one thing we, we really feel from our experience of doing uh, these external evaluations is that it should be designed collaboratively. And we don't think that that in any way impacts on the integrity or the independence of the process or of its outcomes. So one thing, and just to emphasize, I suppose, is that one thing we'd encourage a secretary to a board to do is to talk to the chair about what the organization would like to learn more about through this external evaluation. Okay, so can you give me an example of what an organization might want to know more about through an evaluation? All right, so if we take a, a simple example, uh, the process of external evaluation, it'll ask about whether board and committee members are attending meetings, which is obviously a very important aspect of, of good corporate governance is that people are there. And, you know, organizations sometimes find that maybe board and committee members become sort of less 
um, consistent in their their attendance. They become a little bit infrequent in, in, in turning up. And they may want to know why that's happening, what, what's behind that. So when an external evaluator comes in, they're going to be able to see that trend. You know, they'll, they'll look at the board minutes and the committee minutes and they'll, they'll be able to see the fact that people are coming in and out. But, you know, why not raise that with the evaluator at the outset so that the evaluation can, can sort of actively try to uncover the problem and, and propose maybe some useful actions which would be genuinely helpful to the organisation? Great. Thanks. Okay, so let's have some quick Q&A so we can get into some more detail on how these external evaluations are done. Who asks you to do an external evaluation? Is it a government department or the public body themselves? Well, the public body will normally invite consultancy companies like ours to tender um, to conduct an external evaluation. And often that's um, organised or, or at least initiated through the secretary to the board. And how long do these evaluations normally take? Well, it, it normally actually takes a couple of months. And it's not that you're working with the organisation all of that time, but you need to provide time to review documentation. You know, we, there's a lot of um, documents and policies, etc., that we need to, time to review. You've got to allow board and committee members to respond to things like questionnaires. We need time to talk to board members. And then you have a, a report to, to, to write and agree. So, you know, it, it can normally take at least two months. From beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. And do you have to be an expert in what the organisation does to carry one out? Well, because we're former public servants ourselves, um, the company knows quite a lot about how the public sector operates and, and the relationship between government departments and agencies. And that's really transferable knowledge. And it helps us hugely when we're working with public sector organisations. So beyond that, you know, we don't need to have an in-depth knowledge of the organisation from the outset, although, you know, we really do learn a lot from actually undertaking the evaluation. And then I, I suppose, you know, the principles of good governance are expected to be in evidence across all organisations, regardless of what they do. And an external evaluation is really, it's trying to establish whether the corporate governance systems and structures are able to support the organisation in achieving its objectives, whatever they may be. And is there a fixed process for carrying out an evaluation? Well, there isn't a specified way of doing one and evaluators will, will take different approaches. But really, I think anyone conducting an external evaluation, they're going to look at board and committee terms of reference. They'll look at minutes of meetings. They'll look at, you know, previous evaluations that were done by the organization themselves. Um, they'll most likely survey board and committee members and they'll engage with them to try and kind of validate uh, the outcomes of those surveys. Um, and that can be done, you know, perhaps through meetings with individual members or sometimes through a, a workshop with the board itself. And how do you handle confidentiality issues? Yeah, confidentiality is, is, a, is a big thing, uh, certainly. And, you know, sometimes we're, we're asked to sign confidentiality agreements in advance. But, you know, regardless, we always confirm our commitment to confidentiality when we're responding to tenders. And it's it's a cornerstone of what we do. It's just absolutely essential. And so you say that there isn't like a fixed way of doing an external evaluation. But if you had an inquiry from the secretary to a board, how would you describe the process to them? Maybe the best way to describe it is that there are, there are a few types of activities uh, involved when you're doing an external evaluation. Uh, one of them is meetings. You know, we, we certainly would have right at the beginning, we'd have preparatory meetings with the secretary to the board because they play such a crucial role. Uh, we would look to meet with the chair of the board. 
Um, we'd often hope to meet also with the CEO of the organization. I think it's important to see things from the executive perspective also. Um, and often also we would do a briefing with the board members prior to the evaluation itself. So that's kind of the, the meetings, the interaction at the outset. Um, there's then, you know, we're, we're trying to understand as much as we possibly can about the organization and about its corporate governance system. So the second category, I think, is just requests for information. Um, we would look for quite a lot of documentation, whether it's policies, procedures, minutes, previous outcomes, the self-evaluations, you know, certainly we'd be going through all of that. We'd often also give a checklist to the board secretary. And the purpose is that, of that is for them to confirm or otherwise that certain policies and procedures that are referenced in the code of practice, that they're actually in place. So that's that's one of the things we do as well, just trying to confirm and assure that those things are there. Um, so, okay, so if we take meetings and we take requests for information, uh, we then are sort of looking for views, certainly, of, of what's working and, and otherwise. Um, so we would often do an online questionnaire to the board members. Uh, the same with the audit and risk committee members and then for other committees also. So we're, we're trying to collect views of their impressions of how things are, how things are. And generally that would be a combination of kind of closed questions or, or where they have a, a scale uh, of satisfaction about certain things, but also open-ended responses so we can get more of a, an insight into their answers. There's then kind of an, an analysis stage where we'll be analyzing the outcomes of, of those um, questionnaires. And then there's, you know, we have a certain amount of information from that, but then we have to confirm our findings, you know, and there'll always be certain things that we need to clarify afterwards. So having, you know, analyzed the documentation, analyzed the views of the board and the committee uh, members, we need to then kind of confirm our findings. And when we would clarify certain things with the secretary to the board, we would have some follow up discussion with certainly the chair of the board, chairs of the committees. And one thing that we find very helpful, actually, is to do a workshop with the board on the outcomes of their questionnaires, because people will answer things uh, in the same way, but for different reasons. And that isn't always clear. So so workshops with the board members really help to get behind their answers. And so when we've gone through those stages, we're then we could then feel confident, I suppose, that we're in a position whereby we can develop a report uh, and that we can re recommend improvement actions that are genuinely appropriate uh, and accurate in terms of that organisation. It's really interesting to hear the details of the process. But I'm curious, what, um, which part of it is the most challenging to execute for you? I think probably in the early stages, um, you know, we're very keen to understand the organisation itself. Um, because every organization is, is different, the dynamics between the board and the executive are different. Um, and, you know, where I said we don't need to be experts in what the business is, and, and we don't. But we do try to build up our expertise in that because you can't really make recommendations for improvement uh, unless you understand how the organization functions. Um, so I think those those early stages of uh, trying to understand that are, are probably most are, are challenging. But then as you go through all the stages, through the meetings, through the document analysis, working with the board and the committee um, members, hearing their responses and teasing that through with them, all of that is just 
it's like layers of the onion. You know, you just as as you go through it, you, you understand more and more. And then by the time you get to a report, you do feel confident that and, and this is the most important thing about it, I think, is that you're recommending things to the organization that are absolutely relevant and will actually help them to improve over the next period. So that's that's what makes it a satisfying process for you is that you see that it actually it, it creates real change. Genuinely. And I think, you know, my, my partner, Claire Byrne, um, uh, who works on the external evaluations with me, you know, fundamentally, we both feel that if you're doing this, you have to be and it's a cliche term, but you have to be adding value. And I think you really do. Where 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 do you think you guys add the most value in this process? Well, I think one thing that we can contribute, I suppose, is the experience that we have of working with a number of different organizations. So we're seeing practice in different places, which um, puts us in, in quite a privileged position, I think. And when we're then working with an organization, we're able to maybe draw on other examples that might actually work in their context, but which they may not necessarily be aware of. Okay, so you've concluded the report. What happens to it then? Well, the board will review the report. Um, and, you know, obviously it's, it's very important that they, you know, we need to go through a stage where we're, we're happy that they're happy with the report and understand where it's coming from and that they accept and agree with its outcomes. Um, so assuming that that all happens and generally it does because of the kind of collaborative process that that we, um, we undertake, um, the board would then develop an improvement action plan. And it's up to the organization's board, with the help of the secretary, to develop that plan, um, also to prioritize actions within it. So there, you know, there could be seven or eight things uh, that need to be done, and obviously they'll need to decide the, the prioritization of that. And and you know, hopefully our report will have helped them in terms of that prioritization. But they also need to appoint staff to implement it, um, and they're all the things that the board has has to make sure of. There's then, I suppose, when you agree the plan itself and have it in place, um, it needs to be overseen in terms of its implementation. And that's also the responsibility of the board to to make sure that it's, and, and through the secretary as well, of course, with, with the support of the secretary, making sure that that plan is staying on the agenda. But where does the report live and how do you make sure that it's easily accessible by the right people? In terms of the report being a living and breathing report, then um, part of that uh, comes from it being a valuable report. So sometimes, and, and you know, in fairness, reports get developed in other contexts, uh, which are very good, but they do get shelved. Um, I think the thing that that helps to make these reports, these external evaluation reports live is that there is kind of a handover between the external evaluation and the internal evaluation that's coming the next year. Um, and there needs to be sort of a natural continuity between those. The thing that connects it is really this quality improvement plan, which is taking the substance of what the report is saying, it's transferring that into some actions that have to happen. Uh, the board is then overseeing those actions. And then when it gets to its own annual self-evaluation, it, it's it's sort of, it's checking in with that uh, to see whether those actions have been fulfilled. And actually, when you get to the point, and we're not um, sort of chronologically at this stage yet, because this code of practice only came out in 2016. But one would expect that handover that that will be happening over time between this external evaluation happening every three years and this 
the internal evaluation that happens on an annual basis, leading in then again to another external evaluation. I think that helps to make sure that the process is a live process and that we don't end up with a report uh, that's kind of accepted at the time, but doesn't actually lead anywhere. Yes, indeed. That is incredibly important. So to finish, if you were to highlight three things for the secretary to the board who might be listening to this and is about to organise an external evaluation, what would they be? Okay, three things. Um, I think I think the first one will be about briefing the board. I think this is really important because, you know, board members come in and they come out. Um, they have busy agendas. They hear about an external evaluation. They may feel that, you know, it's, it's not uh, particularly relevant or important to them. So I think really it's important to brief the board properly, brief them more than once. Uh, I think if the secretary can can work with the chair in terms of doing that so that there's uh, a sense of enthusiasm, if you like, um, about the external evaluation or as close as you can get to that uh, internally, I think that's very important. So I think briefing the board would be the first thing. The second thing I think then is, again, related to getting the organisation engaged with this idea of external evaluation. And I think that is really if the secretary could encourage the board and in particular the chair to try and think about what they want to discover through the evaluation. So what is it that they can can achieve through this? Uh, what would they like to learn more about? And I think if they can think about it from that perspective, it helps them to really engage with the process. And then I think probably the third thing is just a very practical thing, uh, just to take some pressure off, because the secretary is really going to be the party that the consultant is is uh, going to all the time. So um, I think, you know, getting some documentation in order uh, would be a good idea. Uh, things that you're likely to be asked uh, for um, when the evaluation starts. So things like board and committee minutes, corporate governance policies and procedures, current strategy, annual plans, the risk register, things like that, that, you know, are all there. Um, you know, for some organizations, they might be very easily accessible and all in the same place. For others, there might be a little bit of work in putting that together. So just some preparation in advance, I think, maybe takes some of the burden away from it and allows you then to engage on the more important aspects of the evaluation. Yeah, it's, it's brief the board properly. It's encourage the board, get them to, th- uh, to think about what they really want to find out here and then start gathering that documentation and getting it um, in, in order, in preparation. Exactly, yeah. Great. Thanks, thanks. That's very, very insightful. Thanks, Trish. That's great, Will. Thank you very much. So having looked at external review as a process in episode one, we'll go on to break down some of the areas that are typically looked at during a review. So in episode two, our question for discussion will be... As a secretary to the board, how can I best support board members when they join the board through induction and afterwards through professional development? I hope you'll join us. And don't forget you can find out more and access resources, templates and the one question guides at obriangd.ie. Thanks for listening.